Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Canelo with eight. Matisse, another steal. Hands it off to Harris. Device back to Matisse. Pull it back out. Harden, trail three. Count it! Well, that's Sixers against the Charlotte Hornets yesterday, which was a thrashing, particularly in the second half. Sixers win by 30 at the Wells Fargo Center. Derek Bodner uh, joins us now. Derek is the proprietor, owner. What's the word I'm looking for? Sixers reporter with his venture, the Daily Six newsletter. Derek, what's the title I should call you by? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Reporter works. There you go. So they went by 30 over Charlotte yesterday, so all of the problems are solved. Bring on the playoffs. Nothing to worry about, right? Oh, no, I have plenty to worry about. But oh. I, I worry about everything, but I think some of these might be justified. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let, let us start with the question of who they have in James Harden. When he came here, it looked so great those first couple days, first couple games, and more recently, it's like, wait a second, I'm not sure we got what we thought. What do you see right now? Yeah, I think he doesn't look, you know, I think when you go back to when he looks great and when he struggles, a lot of that comes down to how the other team defends him. And early on, you know, those games against the Knicks, the games against the Timberwolves, they were trapping him a lot on the perimeter. Uh, and that opened up his passing, uh, that opened up Joel Embiid and his roll game and the short rolls, and that put defenses into rotation. And no matter what James Harden can do physically, he's still exceptionally skilled, exceptionally smart, and he sees the court really well. And then I think over time, teams started switching less and less. And you started to see them not switch. Or I'm sorry, they, they started trapping less and less. And instead of switching all of those ball screens on the perimeter. Started off with the screens with Tobias Harris and George Niang. And teams would switch that rather than trap that. So that way they wouldn't be put into a rotation. And then against Pistons, they were switching even the Harden and Embiid pick and rolls. And when that doesn't happen, it forces Harden to try to take a center. In this case, Isaiah Stewart off the dribble. And he just doesn't look like he has the burst that he had in previous years. I do worry or wonder a little bit how much of that is related to his hamstring. I go back even just watching to watching him last year when he was with the Brooklyn Nets before the hamstring injury. He looked like a different player physically. Mm. Uh, so I do think there's a little bit of hope that maybe next year he could be a little better athletically. But until that happens, he doesn't create off the dribble nearly as much as he did, and he becomes easier to defend. Yeah, that's. I think you put your finger kind of what on what I was wondering and what I was going to ask you about was his physical condition right now. Um, it looks to me, it looks to me like he's playing to, to some degree hurt. Um, now I, I don't know. 
you know, trying to compare him to the Harden that was an MVP and a scoring champ at Houston is probably sure. not fair because, I mean, there's, that, that was a while ago. So there's, you know, just age is probably part of it. But, um, you know, we knew that he had the hamstring when, he, when the trade was made and he came here. And I'm just wondering how much of that do you think is still contributing to what we're seeing in him now? Yeah, I mean, you know, Harden has taken a couple games off uh, to manage the hamstring. Uh, they have mentioned that they, it is still something that they are, um, you know, dealing with. He has mentioned that it is still something that has an impact on him. Uh, and I think based on what I've seen, I would take them at his word. And I agree with you. Like, it's part of it. It's just that he's 32 now. He's not going to play like he was when he was 27. The truth of where he is is probably somewhere in the middle of what we've seen and what he used to be. But I do think that the hamstring is, he just doesn't have the burst. He'll make a gorgeous crossover move on a center and just not have the speed to burst out of that and get to the rim. And even when he does, he's, he's struggled to you know finish at the rim. Um, yeah, I, I think he's not 100% there physically. And that, first of all, that obviously impacts the playoff run because the hamstring's not going to get better when you're playing every other night for weeks and essentially months on end. Mm-hmm. But also, you can't even really test that hypothesis until you give him what might be the most terrifying contract in league history. So it's not, a, it's not perfect. So Thursday night after the loss, uh, when the bench scored five points, eight points, I forget, virtually no points. Yeah, it was eight points with a meaningless three-pointer at yeah, the end. So we're basically it. saying five. Okay, so Doc Rivers is asked after the, after the game, like, you know, what, what was the problem with your bench? And it certainly seemed to me that his quote – said it wasn't the bench, it was James Harden taking all of those shots. Uh, am I interpreting that correctly? And what, like, What's the message, what's the point of Doc doing that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's been some debate over whether or not Doc was saying, you know, blaming James Harden for the bench not playing well or just explaining that James took all the shots so the bench didn't have shots to play well with. It sounds like we're splitting hairs a little bit, but I think when you go back and listen to the rest of that press conference, he was talking about how the Sixers were playing too much isolation, heavy basketball, too much hero ball. And when he put the two together, it seemed like a pretty fair conclusion that he was criticizing James Harden. Now, what's he looking to get out of that? I, I, I don't know. Like, if he yeah. gets into a you know, contest with James Harden, he's not winning that one. First right. of all, James Harden isn't going to change who he is as a basketball player at this point. Um, it does seem in, an interesting tactic, I guess is the way I would phrase it. Y- yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. And, you know which, who has better job security of the two? Oh, Harden, for sure. For right. Sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, it would be one thing if, if those comments to the media would get James to change his style of play, but James is who he is for the most part. Like, yeah. maybe you can move him a little bit on the edges, but he's, you know, he's a pretty established player, for sure. Doc, I, Doc's news conferences are interesting because he often says stuff that I feel like maybe there's supposed to be a message there, but I don't get it. And this was one I mean, of I those think if, if I was going to boil it down in a little simplified form, I think it's, I don't like this heat that I'm getting, so... Let's respond to that. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I. It, it especially the two games. Um, and we, you know, Glenn and I talked about it last week, and I thought the two. I really kind of wanted to see how the game in Phoenix would go, and then the game home against Milwaukee, because to me, you know, those were going to be two games, regular season games that would have a playoff kind of feel to them. Uh, that's kind of what I expected. And I kind of thought this would be a good measuring stick for exactly where the Sixers are, and they wind up losing both of them. Now the Milwaukee game comes right down to the end, but. What, what what you're seeing now, and, and you saw it again in the Detroit game, which is just abysmal, was how much the Sixers were becoming like a half-court offense kind of team, kind of you know moving the ball up and walking it up, and then Harden setting the ball at the top, and then it, it became it became a very half-court kind of team. And when they're 
when they're playing that kind of ball, Tobias Harris is like a non-factor. Uh, now, yesterday when they opened it up, especially in the second half and began running, you know, Harris played well. But um, I'm just wondering, do you think even at this point he's still trying to find his way in this new offensive configuration? Are you talking about Tobias here or James? Yeah, no, Tobias. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's And he took a bunch of threes the other night against Charlotte. I forget exactly how many it was, but I think he set his certainly a season high with, I think, five made threes. That's not really his game. He can shoot threes, but he's not comfortable being a high-volume three-point shooter. And right now they're asking him to do that. That's where most of his touches, most of his shots are coming from. Rather than the pick-and-rolls he was getting earlier in the year, yet, rather than the post-ups he was getting earlier in the year, he needs to be comfortable shooting uh, a high volume of three-point shots above the break. And I think he's done a little bit better of that recently. I do agree with you. They need to push the ball in transition, in part because that gives Tobias a little bit more time to get that shot off before the defense can react. And I think Tobias needs a second or two to get that shot off, but in part because it allows James to attack before the defense is set. He can't have the burst that he used to have. Going against an unset defense will help. Um, so, yeah, I certainly agree that they need to push the ball. I think they did a better job of that, certainly against the Hornets the other night. Um, and I think it helps get Tobias into a groove, but I think he is still certainly adapting to his role. This is a very different role with a different skill set than he has played in the past. And while he's been an okay shooter, sometimes a good shooter, the volume of it is, I think, what he has to adjust to more than anything. Derek Bodner is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Derek Bodner NBA Sixers reporter for the Daily Six newsletter. As we sit here at this moment, the Sixers, with five games to go in their season, are in fourth place in the East, but they're a game out of second place and two games out of sixth place, so it's very fluid. Um, let me get your assessment. First round of the playoffs, considering the possibilities, who do they want to play and who do they not want to play? Yeah, well, in terms of just first round, it gets a little trickier when you start trying to then project out to the second round. Um, but I think the teams that you would want to play are Chicago and, and Cleveland. Uh, they yeah. had a lot of success against both of those teams. Neither of those teams right now are playing at their highest level. And the Sixers match up well. Joel Embiid has, has had a lot of success against those two teams. Uh, the Raptors are on the other end of the spectrum, and the Sixers should have a clear talent advantage against them. But the Raptors are probably the archetype of a team that could make um, James Harden's life difficult. They have a lot of long, big, rangy defenders who can switch everything, and that's exactly what uh, Harden has struggled with so far. And also Nick Nurse is really creative in how he sends double teams to Joel Embiid's way. So that is the team. And again, the Sixers should have enough talent that they can overcome that. But if you're going to get into a, a series where – you're sitting there at home going, wow, that's really frustrating to watch. Toronto's probably that team. And then there's a wild card, the Nets, who are right yeah. now in the 10th spot, who would have to, if the season ended today, win two games to even make the playoffs, but are perhaps the scariest of them all. Um, so I think Cleveland and Chicago are the two that you want. That is interesting that you said that you said the Nets, because I think that um, that's kind of, Glenn and I have talked about that, and that's kind of how we feel. Um, I know there are fans out there that would love to see it be the Nets just because, and, and whether or not Simmons gets on the court. I mean, you've got that whole storyline to play out. But I, for the Sixers, to me, that would be a, that would be a matchup I would want to avoid. I know, I know it's wonderful. It's a wonderful storyline. We could have a lot of fun debating it, whether or not Simmons plays. But I, I just think from a matchup standpoint, that's not it. I don't want to be dealing with Kevin Durant at this point in the season. If I, any way I can avoid him, I want to avoid him. Yeah, and look, they you know that, that game a couple of weeks ago was worst case scenario for the Sixers. They played as bad offensively as you will see them play. Um, and I think if you had a seven game series, Harden and Embiid, like that's not the kind of defense that I think is going to ca- cause Harden and Embiid problems. The Sixers should be much more competitive than they were back a couple of weeks ago. 
but certainly, like, you just don't have anyone, not that anyone really does have anyone defend Kevin Durant, but you don't have anyone defend either Durant or Irving. You expect them to have a lot of success against you. That would be tough, for sure. For sure. All right, last one. Uh, Derek, news comes out yesterday morning uh, that uh, Ben Simmons is moving forward with the grievance against the Sixers for what, $20 million. He's got the support of the Players' Union. This thing can't succeed, can it? I don't think it will. Um, you know, I think it's something where they almost have to file it just to save face a little bit, and because I think the players' union wants him to file it for sure. But no, I don't think there's any real leg they have to stand on. But I, I'm not a lawyer, and crazy stuff happens. So we'll see. But no, I would expect that the Sixers should have the upper hand in this. Not that I really care too much about Josh Harris's money. I'm sure he's fine <laughs> either way. But as a precedent, you, you would you would not want to see this precedent set. And I think uh, I, I think a Sixers would come out on top. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about Josh Harris's money, but I don't want a guy who found every excuse not to play because he was insulted. Yep. In the end, play the mental health card and win. That uh, I don't want to see that at all. Derek, how do people subscribe to the newsletter? Easiest way: just go to Twitter at Derek Bonner NBA. Um, also, DailySix.com. Very good. Thanks for joining us, as always, man. Yep, my pleasure. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Derek. Well, there you go. Yeah, Ray, we didn't really discuss that um, grievance yesterday. It came out right before we went on the show because it just seems laughable. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. But as Derek said, you never you never know. No, you do never know. I mean, on its, on its face, you read that and, and you just roll your eyes and say, oh, come on. But, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, <laughs> who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, but the, you know, I mean, there are many, many things about Ben Simmons that just drive me crazy. Um, some of those I've enumerated on our air. I believe uh, the look on his face tops the list. Yeah, but I mean, uh, to me, the thing that uh, I think I find most bothersome is the one that you just touched on, which is this whole mental health thing. I mean, to me, it's just uh, to me, it's just so offensive that he's using that as uh, to prop up his 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 grievance here, when in fact there are so many people in our society now that in their families and in their lives are dealing with true mental health issues. Uh, for him to for him to use that, um, I, I just find that, that bothers me more than anything. I think, yeah, probably. he arrived late at it after trying, you know, several other things. It's it's it, it it was not that right from the beginning. He said, like, you know, I've got this issue and so on. It's like it was it was after they stopped his pay. It was kind of the last resort that he pulled out of his hat. Yeah, I mean, after or pulled after, out of something. Yeah, after he comes back and after he won't practice and he's standing around and yeah, with a cell phone in his pocket. Yeah, with a cell phone in his pocket, and right. Doc finally sends him home. And okay, and you know, you know what? If you don't even want to practice, we're not going to pay you. Oh, all, all of a sudden now it becomes a mental health issue. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I just have no, I just have no patience for that sort of thing. Patrick in Newark is with us. What's on your mind, Patrick? Hey, guys, I totally agree with your assessment of Ben Simmons. It's almost like he checked out a long time ago and, like, played every card he could as if T.O. did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that that's – yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And and how much of it was – how much of it was him and how much of it was his agent and how much of, you know, the, the people around him manipulating this whole situation. But I just find the whole thing distasteful. Yeah, it's pretty rough. To like live through when like you're a regular guy, you know, like watching sports, you enjoy it, and this guy's, you know, making lots and lots of money, which you, you can't throw it all 
that right. money. They they got in the business, and uh, no, I didn't. But you know, it, it's it's a little bit disturbing. Like when it you, is, it's it's not right. Did you have something on the flyers as well? Oh, oh, the flyers are a disaster. Um, they, I mean, they're going to be bad for five years. And the Sixers, who the heck knows? But I did have a game for you. Yeah, go for it. How about that game when Frank Wright came back from like down thirty-three points? Well, that wasn't what? within the last ten years. That was uh, that was a long time before then. I was at I covered that game for the Inquirer, Ray. I know you did. Uh, and Frank Reich was uh, the quarterback for the Bills, who were down to the then Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. And what I'll always remember about that game is I'm in the press box right at halftime, and I don't remember the name of the guy. He was the traveling secretary for the Oilers, and he gets on the phone and loudly in the press box so that everybody around him could hear said. Yes, I'd like to book a plane to Kansas City. I think it was Kansas City. Next week for our party of 100. Yes, hi. And everybody <laughs> hears it. And then by the fourth quarter, he was sitting like in a row behind me. He gets back on the phone. He goes like, uh, yes, uh, can we uh, cancel that? Can we put that flight on hold, please? <laughs> yeah, I was, watching that. I was watching that on a TV uh, in the press room at the Superdome because we were getting ready for Eagles Saints, oh. which turned out hey, to well, be, that was the win, right? Which that was turned out to be win? another big comeback game when the Eagles came from behind to beat the Saints. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, it was totally, oversh- totally overshadowed by what happened in Buffalo. Yeah, well, there you go. 215-592. 9494 Ray Dinger, Glenn Macna. We'll get your calls coming up in the next segment. Maybe talk a little Tiger Woods. Ray, could it be now? Well, we'll start. Starting to look that way. Yeah. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.